0: If you're going to take the risk of running advertising online, shouldn't you get the benefits of learning from someone who's in the platforms every second of the day? Welcome to Bidpixel.com's Marketing Ear Biscuits, the original podcast dedicated to digital advertising run by two Aussie guys who ride around in kangaroo pouches and drink fosters and 4X beer.
1: All right, I feel like it's been a little while since this has happened. Uh, It's good to be back and producing a little bit of content. And
0: you're not Jay. No, I'm not. Who are you, mate? Uh, I'm James. James. I I look after sales here. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. So, uh,
1: because we haven't done an episode since May, a lot's changed around BidPixel. We've probably doubled the size of our team. Uh, Some awesome people like James have come on board. and Thank you. That's all right, mate. And it's time to, I guess, double down on knowledge, use James' sales knowledge. And we are providing probably more services and better services to our customers now more than ever. And it's just time to take it up to another notch. A lot of you have been asking for this content to come back. So we're back with it. So James and I today are talking about 2020 in review. What's happened over the last 12 months. We're not gonna focus on COVID for the whole time, right? It would be easy to just have an episode talking about COVID, but I'm kind of over it. So mate, let's go shot for shot or I'm going to go every two for your one, on 2020 in review. So let's just hear from your point of view what you've seen.
0: Well, I know we said we weren't going to talk about COVID, so we'll get it out of the way as early as possible. Um, just how the landscape's changed in, in general for all of us. It's, we. I don't think anyone was able to prepare for it. No one saw it coming. Um and it's not just the little guys that got caught out. Big businesses fail to prepare. Like it's, it caught us all out.
1: Yep. Um, all right. So give me a couple of examples of where you saw big business, big business get caught out, and where you saw a bit of guerrilla marketing happening, and the little guys. Uh, I know your example isn't so little, but where well, no. the independents have kind of come through this and doing bad. really well.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, I remember the first one was which stood out was Kmart deciding to trial a virtual queuing system um i think it happened towards the end of march start of april where we were especially here in queensland we were in the in the pump of it all where we were in that lockdown no one could go into store we were all spending online um, and uh, they clearly didn't trial or set up enough um, with that queue and we ended up having two-hour waiting times to so, get into their website.
1: So just to their website. Yeah, I mean, yeah. K- Kmart's had massive issues leading on from that. Their stock is in low supply. Like you walk through a Kmart now and you wonder if they're going out of business because they just can't get stock into yeah. the country, right? So Kmart tried to adapt and go online in a hard and fast way. Who, On the flip side, who did that really
0: well? Um, on the flip side, Jim, like this is, um, it's been everywhere, isn't it, with Forbes and Jim Gymshark, obviously a, a company that was quite close to where I grew up in Birmingham. Represent, hey? Yeah, represent. So, Ben, uh, Ben Francis, the owners, they've only been in business seven years. He used to, you know, in 2012, he was a pizza hut delivery guy. Um, and they, this year, they've become a billion pound company. So, it's amazing growth from them. And, You know, no store breaking the breaking the mould of what conventional you know, what's the conventional norm for successful businesses. There's no storefront, no no wholesale. It was just social, social targeting through TikTok and Instagram and that fitness community. And they just really went after that activewear and gymwear industry. I think they've shaken a few of the bigger brands up a little oh, bit. Definitely, definitely.
1: So if you don't know who Gymshark is and Ben is, just jump on YouTube and start. He's got his own channel. Ben, you're never going to watch this, right? But you've done a good job, mate. Um, if you do. <laughs> if you do, hi. Come on. Um, Gymshark's gone phenomenally, like print-on-demand, activewear, grown to now be valued over a billion dollars. Ben's retained something like 70% ownership of that business through through that journey. They're now in every major continent and just accelerating from there. So uh, through the use of user-generated content and user-first content, TikTok, Instagram stories has just propelled that business where a lot of these uh, bricks-and-mortar retail or traditional retail just hasn't been able to keep up with the way the consumers are changing. Right. Last thing, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I have a personal, per, I have a personal opinion. I just said last thing about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, didn't I? Yeah. Last thing about COVID <laughs> is I have a personal opinion that Black Friday, Cyber Monday softened its results due to the COVID or COVID softened Black Friday, Cyber Monday results. Yeah. I, looking at our data from our customers, COVID was good to e-commerce. Everyone went online, everyone started shopping online. No one's traveling overseas. There's a little bit more discretionary spending when it came to purchasing online. The lead up from June through to November, really strong sales across the whole e-commerce demographic. Black Friday, Cyber Monday definitely had a spike like it would, but it wasn't the same spike that I've seen every other year where it's a just a frenzy over the weekend.
0: Well, a few, a few um, clients I've spoken to is, they actually held off for like, it did the opposite to what you're meant to do in Black Friday and they held off for actually launching and sales and they still saw that spike in orders. And I think, good on them. I think there was probably a lot of people that have spent online and were waiting to see sales and when they didn't happen from a few businesses, they still- They still purchased, spend. right? Yeah. And,
1: and those businesses sold at full price, whereas yeah. everyone else was discounting up to 50%, right? Yeah. Um, We've, for a long time, discouraged people going hard into Black Friday, Cyber Monday for the sake of doing it. Uh, If you're not going to turn profit, you need to be doing it as an exercise to grow your user base and grow your audience base. If they're never going to come back and purchase from you again, don't discount that heavily. Um, One of the other things I saw, the US has – Largely, what I saw and what I was targeted with narrowed down or shrunk down their Black Friday, Cyber Monday to literally Black Friday and Cyber Monday. A lot of them Not went the back to the just the weekend, really, mm. whereas mm. Australia is probably lagging in that. And we are like a lot of our customers that were participating, we're doing week-long sales, right? So they're discounting everything for a whole week, wow. whereas the US, I can kind of see it starting to contract just to the sale days.
0: Yeah, on that point as well, and this is, sorry, I've got to get this off my, my chest because I've heard it a few. The amount of businesses that we've come across where they're, they're discounting some of their items so much, they're literally losing money on some of their items. I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> like there's three
1: ways to make money in business, right? Get more customers, acquisition through ads, get them to come back and purchase, or get them to spend more and get them to come back again. And if they're not getting them to spend more or come back again, they're literally just running yeah. themselves out of business. Yeah. All right. So what have I seen in 2020? Uh, Disapprovals and bans has just been a massive thing over the last couple of months. It happens every Q4 with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook just tries to clean up their data and get a bit of a, look, all of the stuff that's happened this year with Facebook and privacy rules, and we're going to talk a little bit about that more in a second, but all of that has kind of every year in Q4, they usually tighten up their rules and they usually start changing how Uh, their platform works, I think it was a bit heavier this year. Lots of uh, account bans, ad account bans, page disapprovals and a lot of just cleaning up. You find the fluff gets cleaned up in Q4 and the people who aren't prepared or haven't been through that before kind of get caught up in the, the, I don't know, like they get all, my news feeds in Facebook has just been like, my ad account's banned, my page is banned. It's like, we'll do things according to Facebook's terms of service and you'll be fine. Yes, there is the odd time where, some AI bots got it wrong, but within a few hours, it's usually back. Uh, The second thing I've seen, which is no different this time of year, is CPMs, so cost per thousand, and CPA, costs to acquire, are increasing. There's been about a 90% increase year on year since we've been playing with Facebook ads. Now, the stats are there's seven million advertisers currently on Facebook's network. This year, there's been a very slow growth in actual users joining Facebook. So it's a supply and a demand thing. Yeah. The more advertisers that are coming to play without the more consumers, the demand goes up, it's right? It's noisy,
0: noisy space, right? It's
1: a noisy space, all right? We harped on the, at the start of this year, it's all about content, it's about video first, it's about mobile first, which I think you're gonna talk about. If you're not putting out the best content, targeting the audience in the best way, you're going to see your costs Rise, and you're not going to be winning at the game of Facebook. There is going to be someone who's doing it better than you that's going to get it cheaper than you. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about mobile first? What's the stat?
0: Yeah, it's something crazy. is like ninety ninety three percent of all Facebook traffic comes from mobile, which kind of probably ties into what we found this year with with. COVID and everyone being stuck at home and we're searching on our devices more and more. We're a digital economy, Um, so it makes perfect sense that such a high percentage of traffic does come from our mobile. So it's about making sure you're present if you're a brand.
1: Perfect segue. My next point, dynamic ad placement formats. This year, Facebook's platform in Business Manager took a massive change to allowing better dynamic ad placement. Uh, One image or multiple image variations placed differently, so vertical Uh, one to one, uh, all the different aspect ratios of all the different placements has become easier for the consumer to do. What I have noticed though, is lazy marketers uh, have slowed down or stopped doing their creative placement correctly. The amount of Instagram stories I see with a a one by one square image and Facebook's algorithm putting a bit of color top and bottom is insanely prolific. The platform's getting easier and easier to use, but sadly people aren't taking the extra step or the extra, going the extra mile to make sure that the user experience on the ad creative is there.
0: It's like anything, on, especially on Facebook, with, you know as, as competition gets more and more, the platform evolves and I think you know, I remember a couple of years ago where on Facebook, you could get away with just one or two ads that kind of semi-relevant to the majority of people. But now it's just you have to do so much more to, to get that performance through. And I think yeah, we, we see it a lot where, you know, a number of agencies or clients that come across from other agencies are, are adopting still what I would call a bit of a lazy approach. Yep. Really. 100%. Um We need to have a chat.
1: The biggest things that you're facing at the moment is lack of communication and uh, probably lack of expertise when you're talking to people Mm. in your sales role. Honestly, the results are almost taking a back seat to people's agencies not being there for their customers, right? So we're going to have to do a whole other episode on that. Um, All right. One of the other changes was ads limits per pages. So Facebook announced that they're rolling out with it early in 2021 where – ad accounts will have a set limit of ads that they can run. Uh, so a small business who's doing less than $100,000 a year in ad spend will have a cap of 250 consecutive ads running. Uh, that goes up to probably some of the guys that are getting closer to our size with the one to $10 million a year in ad spend where they can have 5,000 ads consecutively running. Uh, there are different tiers in that, in between that and above that. But Facebook's come out and said, we want to start capping how many ads you can run just so that there's a better user experience and a better uh, both on the consumer end, but basically on the advertiser's end as well, right? Don't do a spray and pray. Uh, obviously, there's room for testing, but making sure that there's, um, I guess, some limits around how many ads are live on an ad account at any given time. Have you got something else?
0: I didn't know that. That's, uh, well, yeah, there you go, that's mate. useful.
1: Teaching sales something so new every day.
0: Facebook never, you know, never shy away from changing things up once in a while. Um, <laughs> oh well, we can keep on talking about changing things up. Let's talk <laughs> about. Quickly, campaign
1: budget optimization, probably not a lot that you know about, but Jay and I harped on about CBO, campaign budget optimization, a bucket load at the start of the year. CBO was coming in, it was going to be enforced by January this year. They backdated that, they canceled that. And then in the end, Facebook came out and said, we are not forcing you to run campaign budget optimized campaigns. So that was where you had to allocate your budget at the campaign level and then create your ad sets below that. They retracted what they said, and you can do um, ad set based budgeting like you always used to. Now, honestly, on our end, 90% of our campaigns that we run for customers are still campaign budget optimized. We are still using the algorithm as Facebook built it, and it's working exceptionally well. Um, I need Jay to fill us in on the intricacies of this, right? He's on holidays, by the way. That's why I've got Jimmy stepping in. But CBO came. It was enforced and it was redacted. And honestly, it's business as usual. It's just another change on the platform. Um, Well-deserved holiday, by the way. Yeah, Jay's off on a week (laughs) fishing. He's uh, he's been going very hard all year. Um, Next thing was pixel tracking becoming redundant. redundant. Mm -hmm. So pixel tracking is browser-based tracking. So on your phone, in Safari, um, on Chrome in your, your web browsers, those sorts of things, that's all browser-based tracking. So you have the pixel that's on your website and the browsers are, are gathering that data and then that's how you're getting retargeted. With the privacy laws, Apple, Firefox, Chrome are all coming out and saying we're no longer allowing this third-party tracking. So Facebook scrambled and come up with uh, server-side tracking. So working directly with people like Shopify and we've got the ability now to start tracking data through uh, web servers and you know basically at the very very start of the you know the truth on a website now at the moment it's only for purchase based conversions so we can't see an add to card or a review content we can only see purchase tracking but from what we've been testing it on big and small accounts still a little few little bugs but definitely something to start thinking about when you're talking to your agencies, right? Are they aware of this? Are they prepared for this? There's Agencies are going to have to start having developers in-house or sourcing developers to start helping with this server-side tracking. And uh, if your agency or your freelancer doesn't have a clue about this server-side tracking and how pixels are becoming redundant – it might be time to start either putting a
0: firecracker up their butt or maybe looking and shopping elsewhere. Yeah, it's a massive, massive change, isn't it? It's um, like a lot, again, a lot of clients or, or conversations we're having. It's amazing how how few have actually been made aware of it. So, yeah, get on to it. 2021, again,
1: I'll get Jay or one of his team in and we're going to unpack server-side p- tracking a little bit more and give you some good hard data about what you need to do to prepare for that. Um, one of the next things that we saw um, with the addition of James to the team and a bucket load of new customers coming on board is our onboarding process has changed a lot over the last couple of months when we bring new customers on. And one of the reasons why that is Facebook's come out with this business suite. Now, Facebook's business suite, it's not business manager, but it's a single dashboard for consumers to see all of Facebook's assets. Um, the only thing to note on here is some of the things that change with that is brand new ad accounts, brand new pixels, they're putting this window of time where partners can't get access to that. So some of the accounts that we've started working with lately, if it's if you've got brand new assets, it's getting a little bit harder for an agency to get connected to those just purely because Facebook's kind of trying to clean up their data and they don't want these rogue ad accounts going you know, live all the time. They don't want the black hat strategies of millions of ad accounts to run ads that are going to get disapproved. So Business Suite's rollout has just slowed down sometimes the way that reputable agencies can connect to your brand new assets within Facebook. Mm.
0: Um,
1: Last one for me, before you can do the wrap-up, mate.
0: I can do wrap-up.
1: I definitely like talking, don't I? I? You wouldn't Uh, have have guessed it. The last one for me, (laughs) mate, is a 20% text rule has been removed. So for many, many years, you had the 20% text rule on your ad creative and if you used more than 20% of your image for text, it would start basically affecting the performance of your ads. Facebook has gone ahead and removed that rule, but there is still some best practices in place. I've definitely seen more ads coming out with more text. Um, at the end of the day, your discretion of how you do that, but it's always going to come down to that best user experience. If you can use big bold font and get your message across great, I wouldn't be going and putting size 10 pick point font on your ads and trying to get someone to read Three minutes of text in a three seconds of engagement.
0: Mm. All right, I crowbar one more. I'm done. Point of view, because yeah. the jury's out there for me still. I think we're we're still trying to figure it out. TikTok. <laughs> I, also, <laughs> I get asked about it all the time, so I'm interested. To your your thoughts on it?
1: I don't know. Like I deleted it off my phone when the whole owned by China thing came out. I was like, I, I don't know either way. I sit on the fence, but like, I don't need it. I, yeah. I, I get the platform. I love the engagement. I know you've been having conversations with yeah. a lot of people that say they're getting a lot of engagement. All right. I, I uh, the engagements dead on Instagram and Facebook, but they're moving to TikTok and getting tens or hundreds of thousands of engagement. Yeah. All I care as a marketer is, is that actually bringing revenue or bringing an outcome?
0: See, this is my argument as well is that, using i suppose gymshark as a prime example where their growth happened from they they claim it to tiktok and instagram based on the i i I, my argument is their audience is a young audience right we are kind of i think we get typically we're more bored by static content now i think we've gone past that attention span is less than a goldfish apparently which is quite embarrassing um but we like moving content, we like highly engaging content, which is probably why Instagram still, with stories and video, um, is probably one of the most effective platforms, similar to TikTok.
1: 100% agree with you. User first, user content, their experience is everything that's going to win in 2021. So am I, what's my opinion on TikTok? Fence. Fence. No no we we need to be we need to be investigating into it. We yep. need to be working in it. You're 100% right. It is a user first platform. But if someone comes to us and goes, "I want to be on TikTok or my competitor's got 10,000 followers on TikTok." All right, bring me the data of what that's actually getting you in sales, revenue or leads and then let's have a discussion about how it's going to benefit you. Perfect. Because mate, at the end of the day, we're getting judged on sales, results. leads or results, right? Results. And People don't want vanity vanity metrics when they're talking to an agency. But there you go. Now that, by the way, look at the shirt. So this is actually um, I can't say the word if we're not going to censor it, but it's it's terrible shirt. Friday um, and James wore his normal shirt today. I'm so yeah. disappointed. I wish someone had told me about it. But mate, I think we're going to have to get you doing some of the agency <laughs> TikTok stuff if we're going to do it because clearly you're the one most in touch with that
0: generation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, a, as you it's flex a, it's a terrible shirt alright Jimmy and thanks. it's also silk which you probably can't pick up on camera it's actually pretty <laughs> nice
1: uh, Jimmy thanks very much mate working to the first you. podcast uh, and it's going to be the first of many buddy we've uh, got nice. a few to go looking in 2021 looking forward to it thanks mate high fives